Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, with my friend Evan in a uh, mixed bag of an episode. We got a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, and we're going to go through it all. So, uh, yeah, how are you doing on this Sunday night, Evan? Yeah, yeah, feeling pretty mixed right now um, with the Braves dropping game one of the NL uh, DS to the Phillies, um, but the Falcons had a great win today. So um, yeah, we'll we'll kind of hit on the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, yeah, we'll get through it. Yes, we will, and we will immediately get into the bad and the ugly off the bat with the Braves. Um, a three to nothing loss in Game One of the NLDS. The offense was nowhere to be found, and that was the exact opposite of what we thought would happen if the Braves were to lose this game. Spencer Strider was terrific. And pretty much that's kind of, that's not the entire game, but it's like a synopsis of it was Strider was great and that they didn't hit one bit. Um, we'll get into the more specifics, but what were your uh, overall thoughts on what transpired in game one? Uh, yeah. Um, before the game, it was announced um, when the Braves dropped their lineup that morning, that there were some changes. And I don't know, we, you know, we kind of felt, um, I don't know, you know, I wouldn't say positive or negative. It was kind of just like, okay, wow, let's, you know, try to Interested. see his, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, let's let's try to see his train of thought here with, um, you know, a lefty Ranger Suarez on the mound. Um, so, yeah, a lot of moving parts even before the game. So, um yeah, that, that was really kind of strange and questionable. But, um, yeah, as a whole, the offense was bad. Um, you know, not getting base runners early in the game. And then um, when you do have base runners, you go 0 for 5 um, with runners in scoring position, just not going to get it done. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it really sucks to waste such a good start from Spencer Strider. Yes, yeah, Strider was terrific. And, we can go ahead and do the lineup thing. Um, the change was Austin Riley's batting second. Ozzy Albies went to fourth. Matt Olson went to the three hole. And Harris batted six, which is a uh, kind of a change. But Harris had been batting six towards the end of the season, at least a little bit. And they had Sean Murphy batting eighth, which he, he's only done a couple of times this year. Someone tweeted um, that Riley had only hit second once all season. Ozzy hadn't hit cleanup since June 10th, I think. <laughs> And Murphy had only hit eight hole three times. It was something like that. So it, this is not something the Braves did at all this year. I'm pretty sure the one time Riley bat, batted second was the one of the games of that Marlin series where we got swept right after one of the divisions. So it wasn't even a uh, thing they were trying when they were trying to win and see if it actually worked. It was just kind of a quirk of resting guys. So, um, yeah, I don't – I saw a ton of people pissed off about it. And that's kind of what you set yourself up for when you make a change like this to the best lineup ever and they go out and get shut out. Do I think if the Braves had the regular lineup of Ozzy second, Riley third, Olsen cleanup, do I think things are different? Not really. Maybe they score a couple runs, but I just think they were just not scoring no matter what the order was in this game. I mean, credit to the Phillies pitching. They pitched well, but uh, the Braves had some stinky at bats and, you know, they had five hits 
all of them were singles. Um, you know, the only guy that I think was a positive offensively in this game was Ozzy. He had a hit and a walk. He got on base twice. He was the only guy to do that. And um, yeah, like Acuna, he drew a four-pitch walk. But other than that, he he was rough. He had an ill-timed strikeout too. Michael Harris specifically had two pretty rough strikeouts. He had one with the bases loaded. Um, Riley had a tough strikeout too with uh, runners on. Matt Olson, he had some good contact. He had a hit and he almost tied the game in the eighth, which we can get to in a second. But yeah, it was just really disappointing and a really flat uh, effort from the offense, you know, to start the playoffs. It was really rough and just really a shocking result. We kind of thought it would be the opposite way around. Maybe Strider had some issues like he's been prone to this year. Maybe the bullpen was rough, but yeah, it uh, it really it really um, was the opposite. So, yeah, you got any uh, other thoughts just on the lineup and pregame stuff and just overall vibes where we kind of talk about the specifics here? Yeah, the vibes were not good, man. I, I was actually at the game, and um, you know, we started off. Crowd was into it the first two innings, and then um, you know, you don't score three innings, you don't score in five innings, you don't score seven innings. It was like the crowd was just slowly dwindling and, and it was it was pretty pathetic, man, to be honest with you. Um there there was only one, you know, positive and that, that was Spencer Strider. I mean, even our defense was um pretty bad. I mean, we had a you know, bad catcher's interference call. Um that, that's a run, and then Strider had a very questionable pickoff. Um yeah. it, you know, moves that runner over and they ended up scoring um I think the next batter. So um yeah, just just some ill-timed errors and zero offensive support for Strider. It was um, it was a pretty pretty dull night, and uh, yeah, not the way you wanted to start the series um, with your ace going. And uh, the Phillies are are you know they're feeling really good about their chances right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Phillies, we said this in the preview, but they're kind of setting out here to split these first two games in Atlanta. Like that's kind of their game plan. And getting game one with a chance to go ahead and take the second one and set yourself up beautifully going back home is scary to think about. Um but yeah let's let's get into the game and what actually happened. Uh, the first inning was actually kind of spooky. The very first pitch of the game Kyle Schwarber rocketed a double off the right field wall. I thought that might sneak over the bullpen wall but it didn't. Um, he allows a infield single to Bryce Harper, but he does get a double play from Alec Baum. So that was an encouraging start. I mean, the Schwarber ball was ripped, but other than that, it was a Harper infield single. And then he got Alec Baum to grind to a routine double play. Braves go one, two, three in the bottom of the first. That's that's uh, That happened a lot in this game. Um, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and skip. Uh, the next thing that happened really was the Strider error, which was – Pretty terrible. I mean, Strider pitched fantastic in this game. But with two outs and having Bryce Estad down 0-2 with Bryce Harper on first to, you know, maybe he tries to steal. The Phillies were running a lot in this game. But, you know, just throw the ball home, man. Don't worry about the runner at first. 0-2, two outs. And uh, he tries to, not even just a pickoff, he was just trying to keep him honest over there. And he just flings one into the camera well and luckily for strider harper's on his way back to first so he doesn't get third base but it didn't really even matter because i think it was the very next pitch after that 
start or the second one of the two he just lines one the opposite way Harper scores and you just kind of felt that one coming when Strider did that that was really Strider's only blemish I mean I know he gave up a solo shot to Harper but you know you, you can give him a pass for that like you're not gonna be perfect you know obviously but this was rough it was a rough air everyone knew it and once he threw it over Matt Olson's head you kind of felt that uh the Phillies want to take advantage and they did so what'd you think about that because that that was not fun yeah, um, really questionable. Just the timing of the pickoff. Um, you have you have uh, Stott down 0-2, two outs, and Bryce Harper has stolen eleven bases this year. Like he's not in his prime. He's not running. Um, you know he he he's been injured. They don't want to risk it. Like he's he's not going anywhere. 0-2, two outs. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was uh, Strider tra- Strider trying to do too much. And and I don't really know what that was about, but um, yeah, yeah. St- Harper moves up to second, and I think it was the next pitch. Stott just slaps the ball to left field, and um, now you're down. And um, you know, one run is nothing. Um, so you kind of just brush that off, and uh, really hoping the offense can just get you back in the game because because one run is nothing, and and you know, everybody in the lineup has the ability to catch a ball, and um, so I wasn't too worried about it at the time. I know one run was not going to beat us. When in fact that ended up being false, <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, this was bad. Yeah, uh, when you said one run was nothing, I was like, oh, that was kind of everything <laughs> in this game. Um, but yeah, immediately in the bottom of the fourth, after the Braves load up the bases um, with two outs, too. Acuna grounded out and Riley lined out to start the inning, but Matt Olson singled. Ozzy reached on a fielder's choice, which they called Matt Olson out, sliding into second there and. It was just not even close. It was like I don't even know. The umpires had some interesting moments in this game, and this was one of them. A few few plays went to review. Ozzy uh, the caught stealing. He had probably he was probably safe, and they overturned that. Replay is interesting, but the replay got it right because this one was just clear as day. I mean, Olson was on the back while the ball was in the air. Um, after that, Ozuna walks, and uh, the bases are loaded with two outs for Michael Harris. And this ending too, after the fielder's choice, the uh, the Phillies yanked Ranger Suarez, which was interesting because he hadn't given up a run. Obviously, uh, that was he, he only gave up two base runners. He walked Ozzy, and then Matt Olson reached on a single before, and then there was the fielder's choice, and they went and got him, and they wanted Jeff Hoffman to face Ozuna, one of their high leverage righties. They got Ozuna righty righty, and he didn't get the job done. So I was feeling good because. The Phillies game plan here was him to just face Ozuna and all of a sudden he has to face left-handed Michael Harris and uh, Harris strikes out, which uh, was deflating with the bases loaded. And there was a, there was a lot of that in this game. Um, so yeah, this was the first one where uh, like after this happened, I was like, Oh, like, like this isn't going well. This was the first sign of uh, things to come, I guess. So what was the luck in the stadium? Cause I know the place was fired up. Uh, with the bases loaded, it was really the first life they'd shown on offense. So it must have not been not been good when Harris did not come through. Yeah, it was pretty deflating. Um, everybody was just getting back into it. They pulled Ranger Suarez with only giving up one hit, which was really interesting to me. I was yeah. I was actually sitting next to two Phillies fans, and they they could not believe it. We were we were you know chatting back and forth, um, but he he could not believe it, and and, and I was really confused too because um, Ranger Suarez had looked really good. Um, you know, through through the first three innings, and so, um, you know, this was super questionables. I guess they were just playing the matchup, the lefty righty matchup. But, um, but yeah, for for Harris not to come through here, it was it was super deflating. And um, 
you know, it sucks, but um, you know, move on. Still down one nothing. Yep. Um, next inning, Strider does his thing. Uh, scoreless, scoreless frame for him. And then they have another threat in the fifth. Uh, Arcia leads off with a single. Then Eddie comes off the bench to pinch hit for Pilar after um, the lefty was out of the game, and he hits a rocket of a single. And all of a sudden, the Braves are in business. Runners in the corners for Ronda Cunha. And um, this one was tough. Acuna strikes out here. It was a perfect pitch by Strantini Dominguez. You got to give him some credit. It was right at the top right portion of the strike zone, inside, right under Acuna's hands. All he could do with that is foul it off, really. And, you know, Ronald probably needs to swing at that, but it was a perfect pitch. So I kind of tipped my cap to the Phillies there. And then Riley also strikes that after. So back-to-back chances. I mean, right there, you're down one. You have Acuna with a guy on third with less than two outs. I mean, it feels like every single time he's been in that situation this year, that runner is going to score. You know, he's kind of has a, he's had a knack for that this year, not striking out, putting the ball in play when he needs to and doing his job. He didn't right there. And that was tough. And Riley also uh, could not uh, get it in either, which that sucked. And then things got worse in the six Harper, Hit a rock into the chop house off a of Strider. That was Strider's one true mistake pitching-wise in this game. And it wasn't even, like, the worst pitch ever. Like, it was a slider that got over the plate, but it was kind of low. It wasn't like he hung it right over the middle or anything. Bryce Harper's just really good. And that was actually the hardest hit ball Spencer Strider has ever given up, which is kind of wow. crazy. I know he's not, like, a vet or anything. It's only his second year, but that's kind of nuts. It was 115 miles an hour. And uh, it's 2 nothing at that point in the sixth. And, you know, you're still thinking in your head, I don't know about you, but in my head, I'm just still thinking the runs are coming. The runs yeah. are going to come. They're going to score. The pitching's been fine. Just keep keep on holding them. Um, or Strider, rather, gets out of that inning with no further damage. And then uh, the bottom of the six, Ozzy gets a single, but nothing. And you're still like, oh, the runs are going to come. The runs are going to come. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Seventh, Strider goes one, two, three. Goes seven frames, like just awesome. Got um Brandon Marsh to strike out, and uh, you're like, all right, the runs are coming. The the Phillies are bringing in a rookie, Orion Kirkering. He's got called up in September. The runs are coming. One, two, three. <laughs> so it it was just bad, man. Um, at this at this point, uh, this is when Strider comes out of the game too, the bottom of the seventh. Did you see Strider and Rick Kranitz in the dugout? I know you're at the game, but did you see the clip of um? Strider pleading his case and very, uh, he was very animated. I'll say, I did. I did see the clip after the game. Um, he he didn't want to come out. I mean, that's what you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from from your number one guy, but you know, thinking long term here, um, you know, if, if the offense isn't going to give you in, any support, you know, why just keep running out there? Um, I don't know if if that was a, the decision they were they were thinking. Um. But yeah, he was at 94 pitches. Um, I think that would have been. I think he had already been through the lineup how many times? He would have. He got in been. that in that in that inning. He got the Johan Rojas out the nine hole. So that was the third time through. It would have been the fourth, starting yeah, that next I, inning. I I agree with the decision. I'm not going to sit here and bash it because oh yeah, it me too. Matter at all. I think that was the right call. I mean, he had. You know, you don't you don't want to. You know, even sometimes the third time through with certain pitchers is um, a little risky, but four times through, um, 
I think I think you got to pull Strider. I think just tip your cap, man. Say good night, and um, you know, save your arm for a little for a little bit later in the series now. Yeah, I mean, if they would have left him out, I wouldn't have hated it. I would have had like proceeded with caution. You know, one base runner and you're out of the game, kind of uh, on that kind of leash. I mean, Harper got him third time through. That's kind of been Strider's issue all season. When he has had rough outings, it's when they kind of get him later in the games, and um. But yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great outing. I mean, seven innings, two runs, only one earned. I know that one earned, unearned run was his fault, but it wasn't his pitching's fault. It was just a kind of a mental mistake. Eight strikeouts, only a couple walks. He was great. I mean, really. And that's kind of one of the silver linings of this game is that you feel good about him in his next start in Game Four. Hopefully, there's. I mean, I hope there's a Game Four. There better be, or it's going to be terrible. But you feel really good about Strider in game four. That's one of the silver linings in this one. So, all right, let's talk about the eighth, because this was uh, probably the most action-packed inning of the game. Uh, AJ Mentor comes in, which perfectly fine. Just face the top of the order, Schorber, Turner, and Harper. He mows down Kyle Schorber, which uh, that, was, that was a great sequence for him. But he then gives up a single to trade Turner, and he walks Bryce Harper after Turner stole second and third off of him, which Mentor was just not controlling the run game. I mean, Turner, both the steals were not even close. Like, Murphy didn't even throw the third on the second one because there was just no chance. And um, then he walks Harper, and runners are at the corners, and they bring in Pierce Johnson. So, uh, yeah, he gets he, he gets Alec Baum to strike out swing, and Harper does take second on a – he was stealing, but the, it was a curb on the dirt, so there was no chance to get him uh, stealing. He then walks Bryson Stott. And then here comes the wackiest play of the game, JT Real Muto, in a two-strike count, fouls the ball back, and Skechers interference. Uh, Real Muto immediately called it. The umpire called it. Sean Murphy, after it happened, kind of slammed his glove on his leg like he knew that he messed up. The replay showed no such thing. But it does – like you can kind of – in the, the I, I watched a John Boy breakdown of it. He made a breakdown of it. And you can kind of hear a tick, and then the, the ball get fouled off. I think what everybody thinks happens is that he hit the literal string of his catcher's mitt, which is just so unfortunate with the bases loaded, run scores. You can you can give your thoughts on this one, but this was one of the plays in this game where you just kind of think it's not your night because that was just a, a literal milli, millimeter away from not not that not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of the angles we got in the stadium showed any sign of catcher's interference. Um, yeah. Same with TV. Yeah, yeah I'm, I wasn't sure if it was different on TV or not, but um, yeah, the crowd was livid. They were throwing beer cans in the outfield. I mean, it it looked reminiscent of 2012 infield flower. Yeah, I mean, that extent, but um, yeah, wasn't that egregious? Yeah, there, there was probably 20 to 25 staff members, um, you know, doing trips around the the outfield wall, just picking up trash. Um, it was it was pretty, you know. I don't know. Um, trashy. Not good. Yeah, it's it, not it, good. <laughs> it wasn't a good look. Um, I because when it first happened, like m- the first thing I did was watch Murphy's reaction. That would show you everything, and he really didn't argue it. He he kind of looked like he slammed his glove against his leg. Like he knew he like, yeah he hundred percent felt it. He knew it was interference, and he didn't even try to argue it. And so, um for the fans to react that way for, um, you know, I understand I was, I was in the middle of a booing, but um, 
I, you know, looking back at the videos, it's pretty obvious. It did clip the glove, it clipped the string. So um, as petty as that is, it is the rule, but um, just super yeah. unfortunate. The base is loaded. Um, not, not good vibes, man. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, like you watching it in real time too. I heard like two ticks, but I just, I didn't think nothing of it. Like for the split second where there wasn't catcher's interference. And then Ramuto looks back and he's telling the umpire, like I hit, I hit his glove and, Murphy's asked for another ball. I guess he was trying to play it off originally. And then the umpire calls it, and it's just like, what the hell, man? Like, that is – that's so tough. Johnson was a pitch away from getting out of that. And that that's one thing. I don't want to get too caught up on this and the strider error because it really didn't matter because the Braves didn't score a run. <laughs> like, if this would have – if the Braves would have lost 3-2, to two, I'm sure there would have been people freaking out today way more. But, um, you know, it just didn't matter. The Braves didn't hit. But in the moment – when uh, there's still some hope, the Braves still had six outs to play with. You uh, you don't want that to happen. Um, kind of a forgotten play right after. Nick Castellanos grounded out to RC, and he made a great play with the bases loaded to save a run. And that felt big in the moment to uh, to get Castellanos and keep it there with a barehanded play. And then the bottom of the other thing happens. And um, you know, we mentioned Orion Kirkring was pitching the Phillies rookie. He had to sit through that entire inning which lasted forever with the uh review and the trash delay and you know the bases being loaded takes long enough he comes in he walks Acuna on four pitches and immediately gets yanked which I kind of thought that was kind of wild them sending him back out there with that huge delay and uh he didn't like he looked he did not look the same because just four pitches nowhere close to Ronald and then they bring in Matt Strom who did not really pitch well but he got pretty lucky We'll say Austin Riley, first batter that he faces, single. And, uh, you know, the Braves have a threat. Tying run comes to the plate. It's Matt Olson. Olson works a good at bat. He did swing at ball four and foul it off, which is kind of tough. But, you know, it's 3 2. You're battling. Like, you can't really slam a guy for that, you know, for fighting a pitch off. It's not like he's, if he would have swung and missed, it's a different story, but he fights it off and that would have loaded the bases. But then he hits one to deep center and, off the bat, I was I thought he got it. I bet you thought he got it too being in the stadium where every ball kind of looks like they get it sometimes. What did you think of that? Because I just – I thought he did it. <laughs> I thought he tied it. Yeah, when that uh, reliever came back out for the next inning, I was like, yeah, he he had been sitting in the dugout for a long time. Yeah. Um, some, stuff, ser- some serious stuff went down. It was a long inning. So I was shocked to see him come back out. Um, like you said, walks Acuna, Riley with a single. So now you're in business. Two men on no outs. It's a legit threat with a hardier lineup coming up. Um, yeah. Olsen, you know, really tough swinging at ball four, but, um, it is what it is, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that ball looked gone. We, everybody was standing he, he, up. he just missed it. He did. He just got under it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was gone off the bat too. So <laughs> yeah, my friend, I, I remember what I said. I said, no way, no way. And I was right. There was no way he didn't hit it, <laughs> but he hit it good. I mean, it was 100 miles an hour off the bat. It would have been a home run in one ballpark. Kind of curious which one that would be. Wrigley Field. Hmm. If we were in Wrigley, would have been a tie game. If the Braves and Phillies would have played alternate site game. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think um, after that, that leads us to the most brutal play of the night. Ozzy yep. smokes one. One hop and Trey Turner. Another moment where you got to tip your cap. He just made an awesome play. I mean, the fact that he got that ball, was able to flip it hard enough to second, 
to be able to get Ozzy on the double play. It was just a like a perfect play. And that was the point of the game. It's like, okay, like this is not happening. <laughs> like we are not winning this game. And this uh not our yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Right then and there, I knew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that I mean, the way the crowd reacted, you could say it better than me. I, I mean, the air just must have been gone out of that place because that was just if that ball gets through, you know, you're on the board, it's three to one. There's still only one out. Ozuna's coming up with a chance to go ahead. You know, it could have been. You, you never know. It could have been the start of something. But uh, yeah, that's another reason why I think Ozzy had the best night. I mean, he got on twice and then he hit that ball hard. He hit that ball like 104, I think. You know, he he had some good at bats. So what was that like? Because at home, I was just like, oh, man, this is it's, yeah. that's, it's, it's Jover. <laughs> that, that's all we needed was one run, I felt like. I feel like we just needed one um, one thing to break our way because it seemed like everything was going the, the Phillies way, uh, you know. Um, just I think all we needed was, was one run, one at bat, one person, and nobody came through. Like we said, over five yeah. runs in scoring position. I think we left seven on. It yep. was just, it was just a rough night, man. Defensively, whatever, however way you look at it, it was just, it was just not our night. And so, um, yeah, I mean that's all you can, that's all you can say, man. Credit to the Phillies. Um, you know, you yeah. you would think using seven different pitchers, one of them it would just would would have would have had an off night, but they didn't. I yeah. think Strom did. He just got lucky, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, seriously. he gave up a single, an almost homer, and then that rocket, and he got bailed out. But like, that's why that's why you play. You don't just play for the exit velocities. You you got fielders. You got all that. And yeah, ninth inning, nothing happened. They brought in Iglesias. Iglesias looked good. That's another silver lining. He uh, tired the side in order uh, with the strikeout, and then bottom of the ninth, Kimbrel just uh, really quick twelve pitch inning, game over. Braves down. Oh. One. So, yeah, it sucked. Game two is tomorrow. Max Freed versus Zach Wheeler. Um, They kind of have to win. I don't want to say it's a must win because if the, even if they lose, they're they're not done. They, but they but they can't lose. <laughs> like It's not a must win. It's a can't lose. I'll say that. Yeah, you, you can't you can't go 0-2 to Philly, man. It, that environment. Yeah. To, uh, yeah, let's just let's just force a game five at this point. If 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 um, you know, I I feel like you, you're gonna split in Philly. Tomorrow's a uh, tomorrow is a must win. I I know you just said you said <laughs> it's not, but it is. It really is to me. I mean, um, yeah. I I mean, already being in a hole early. It's not over. Sweep that game behind us. Um, yeah. I mean, it it just. You look back at that and you say, man, we really wasted Strider's performance. And with a question mark at game three, you don't know who's going to pitch. Uh, we, I mean, it's it's got to be Elder at this point. But um, what what Bryce Elder are we going to get? You don't know. So, um, yeah, yeah, vibes are not great. But um, looking at game two, Zach Wheeler, familiar foe. Um, here's some stats from this year. So he's he's got three. He pitched, he's pitched against us three times. Um, he's, he had one really rough start, five innings, six earned runs. Um, but the other, other two, he went eight innings, zero earned runs, and then six innings, one earned run. So he's pitched well in two games and got destroyed in another game. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what Zach Wheeler we get. We'll see what offense we get. 
Um, yeah, it's a must win, man. Yeah, I know Wheeler's last start was um, when we clinched in Philly, and I think Acuna and Ozuna took him deep. It wasn't one of his good ones. So maybe they got something on him. I mean, I think Max Fried had a quote. Uh, I think it was today, or it might have been yesterday. I don't know. He did some interview, and he said there's no secrets. The Phillies know Max Fried. The Braves know Zach Wheeler. They've faced each other tons of times. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a tough battle. Zach Wheeler's good, but Fried – it's also good. It's going to be interesting to see how he pitches uh, coming off the blister. But he says his finger's fine. And, yeah, they need Max Free to be good, but they need to hit, too. And I, I think they're going to. Like, I know they're getting shat on for this, rightfully so. But it, I, I know it's a playoff game, but it is just one game. And it is crazy they got shut out. It was the first time they got shut out at home since uh, 2021. <laughs> Against yeah. the Giants. They went the past two regular seasons without getting shut out at home, and then they do in the playoffs. It's kind of brutal. But I do think the offense will show some life tomorrow. I do I do have the faith, and I do think the Braves are still going to the series. I don't know about you, because you did say the winner of game one is going to win the series. So I don't know if you're going to walk that back or not, but I, I think the Braves will win this thing in five. Like I said, I'm sticking to my guns, Braves in five. You, you can still go Braves in four. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I I said it. I'm gonna roll with it. I just mm-hmm. I, hope my, I hope my first take is wrong when I said uh, winner yeah. of game one series. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, and uh, speaking of game ones, this is some pretty crazy stuff on Braves in game ones of the DS first game of the playoff playoffs. Uh, infamously, they lost game one of the 2021 NLDS to the Brewers, two to one. Similar game. Charlie Morton pitched great. But the Braves didn't score really anything. The one run they scored was a Jock Peterson pinch hit homer. So that'll, that'll really bring you back. And uh, here's a jarring stat. The Braves are 1-10 and 10 in their last 11 game ones in the NLDS. Oh, my gosh. And the one win was in the COVID year against the terrible Marlins team that made it. So the last time the Braves won a game one of the NLDS, I was... How old would I be? I was seven months old. It was the 2001 NLDS. The Houston Astros were in the NL, and the Braves swept them. That was the last time the Braves won a game one of a DS non-COVID years, which is – it's crazy. It's really crazy. So they just kind of suck at game ones. I don't know what it is. But, um, no, the one that they've won recently kind of doesn't even count. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I, just, I just like the year you said, twenty twenty one. Let's let's get let's get that going. Um, yeah, I mean, twenty twenty one. We lost game one. We won the next three. I know it's yeah. a bit different. We, we were able to come home in that scenario, but now we have to go to Philly, which is going to be a little tougher. But I mean, they could do that, man. I mean, this. I I know people kind of lost track of it because I mean that game sucked. I get it, but this team is good. I mean, they're really good. They're like the best Braves team ever. <laughs> so, I I'm not I'm not canceling them out yet it's not over at all i know it was about as disheartening of a performance as you can get you know i mean another silver lining is at least it wasn't just like some rip your heart out at the very end game yeah i guess so yeah <laughs> i thought about that casual through the whole game ripping your yeah. heart out <laughs> yeah but i guess that's uh sometimes better the slow burn than just the uh putting a cigarette out on your on your tongue i guess i don't know but um, yeah, game two tomorrow. 
I am uh, I'm going to be in the building. So maybe I have better luck than you in the stadium. Yeah, please, please bring your uh, please wear your favorite underwear and go Braves. I mean, that's I will, all I got. You there, be I wear my favorite. <laughs> I wear my favorite underwear, my favorite socks, all my all my good stuff. Um, right, before we move on, we do need to mention a couple things. Number one, Kyle Wright. That sucks. He's getting shoulder surgery and he is going to be out for all of next season. We kind of saw when he was going to make the roster, we were like, like, why is he not on the team? He got he got hurt and um, he got hurt bad. It looks like I, I don't even know. It's like some weird shoulder injury. The Braves medical staff doesn't even know what's wrong and they're not going to know what's wrong until they cut him open. So it's it's brutal, man. He's really just had a lost season this year and he's not going to pitch at all next year. Tonkin uh, presumably took his roster spot. And uh, the other surprise was no Jesse Chavez and Daisbel Hernandez made it because he pitched so well in the inter-squad games, which I did not see that coming. I don't think we mentioned Daisbel Hernandez's name one time in our preview episode. <laughs> so nope. he was like an ultimate Hail Mary to make the team, and he he made it. So he didn't pitch in game one. We'll see how he factors in. But, you know, he's got a live arm. He's got a live arm. So what do you think about those two things? Um, those kind of newsy things that happened. And Von Grissom made it, which we kind of thought he wouldn't have, and he did. So, yeah, what do you think about those? Yeah, I really feel for Kyle Wright. Um, just really sucks, man. He's 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 had a pretty brutal year, um, and I think if he thought he couldn't come back, he would have had the surgery months ago. Um, yeah, but you know he was working really hard uh, to get back, and unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, it sucks. It sucks now not to have him on the postseason roster, and looking ahead to next year, it's even worse. You're not going to have, you know, a guy that won 20 games last year. So. It's a huge hit for the rotation. I know we got some question marks with Breed's arbitration, Charlie Morton coming back. So a lot of question marks with the starting rotation for 2024. Yeah, um, yeah just just really brutal for uh, for Kyle Wright. I feel for him. Um, you know, he wanted to be on this roster so bad. I know it. Um, but, yes, you know, Smith Shawver made it. That was kind of a surprise there. Uh, Daisbel Hernandez, um, good for him. I guess he, he, he must have really showed out. Yeah. Inter squad games. I know we hadn't really seen him that much. Um, how many, how many, he's had four appearances with the Braves this year. Um, you know, he, he hadn't looked great, but he's got stuff. And so he does. Um, you're, you're, you're taking that risk. Hopefully we're not using him in a one run ball game in the eighth inning, but, um, you know, when his time's called upon him, hopefully he delivers. Um, we'll see, we'll see how Snit uses him. Um, but yeah, yeah. Looking at game two, man, we got to have this win. Yeah, we uh we do. It's a big one. I'm nervous for it already. Um, and yeah, they just they got a hit, man. And I think they will. I think when they score tomorrow, fingers crossed. Could you imagine if they didn't score tomorrow? Um, I think uh, I I wouldn't even be on my phone. I would not be able to read the things people would be saying about the Braves if they don't <laughs> score tomorrow. But when they score tomorrow, I'm going to say they're going to score. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think the pressure valve is going to be released. And it's going to just open the floodgates and they're going to be back to at least a version of themselves. And it's just one game. They had a bad game. And it's like, a, it sucks because it's a five game series and yeah. it is just one game. I know it feels when you watch these playoff games, it feels like you're watching three different games at once because it's so high stress and there's so many little nuances, but it is just one game. It's a one game sample. They look bad. I know, but <laughs> they can, um, they, they, they can be fine. 
they can be fine. And I think they will. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think that's it with these Braves. Uh, Oh, one last thing. Do you think the lineup's going back to normal tomorrow? Yes. If it isn't, I'm going to have something to say. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do something. <laughs> Not I'm, if I got anything to say about it, it won't be. <laughs> no, if, yeah. it, if it if it doesn't go back, um, what what are we doing? What 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 did what are we looking at over the the 162 game season? Braves had the best lineup in baseball. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know, man. It, yeah. it, it has, what do you think? What do you think? I think I think it goes back, um, because it is a righty. I think. It had a lot to do with the lefty and having um Ozzy behind Olsen to uh kind of break it up and hit like Ozzy's obviously obviously great against lefties, you know, and just kind of um and for the and for the lefties in the bullpen too, like Alvarado and Strom, it was kind of to break them up too. I think it goes back to normal. But um I like I wouldn't be shocked because I, I, I feel like this was not just I, people were dunking on snit. I feel like it, it wasn't just Snit. I think this is a front office call too. I think th- it just doesn't sound like something Snit would do. You know, it really is kind of out of character. Yeah, it's weird because he he has been such a when he finds his lineup within the season, it's set it and forget it every year. You know, once you in twenty twenty one when we found out Soler was the leadoff man, he was the leadoff man until he got COVID and missed time. Then Eddie became the leadoff man. That was that was wild. Eddie Rosario leadoff man, but. You know, when he found out Acuna was the leadoff man, you know, and took him out of the four hole, things started clicking. And this year, swapping Ozzy and Olsen made things click. And that's the lineup they rolled out every day. And that's why it was kind of so surprising. I mean, they didn't even like test this out, you know, when the games, when they had a chance to, and the games really didn't matter. So that's what made it really interesting. I mean, it's going to be a shit show if they do tweet that same lineup out tomorrow. But I do think, um, the, I think they're going to go back because they kind of have an easy out too with the righty instead of a lefty. Um, but yeah, I expect Eddie to be in the lineup. I'm kind of curious to see um, where Harris is going to be, if they're going to move him after one game. I don't know. Is Darno going to play? I'm pretty sure they said on the broadcast that Darno's catching freed. I don't know how they know that, but maybe that's a, like a thing. So I wouldn't be shocked if Darno's behind the plate tomorrow. And yeah, we will we will see, but I think they go back to the OG lineup that got them here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So yeah, gotta win, gotta win. All right. Time for a team that did win. The Falcons. The Falcons came through this weekend, the Braves didn't. Who would have thought? Um they get a really nice bounce back win at home against the Texans, 21 to 19. Come from behind win with a game-winning drive, which was very nice. Defense looked really good in this game, with the exception of the C.J. Stroud uh, march down the field to put them up in the fourth. That was the only touchdown they gave up. Desmond Ritter looked a lot better. Um, prob- I mean, one of Desmond Ritter's best games. I mean, I think it was the most pass series he's ever thrown for. So uh, what were your initial thoughts on this one? Because it was encouraging. It was really encouraging. Yeah, I'm fantastic game. Um, even if you weren't, it was a, fan a great of, game. Yeah. Even if you weren't a fan of either team, just, just what a fantastic game come behind, come from behind win. Um, Ritter looked very good. 329 passing yards with a touchdown. Uh, no turnovers for Ritter. Um, super encouraging stuff there. I mean, he was, 
comfortable. I felt like the offensive line was just night and day different, just giving him protection. He he, he looked so good back there in the pocket. Um, and so, you know, that that's super promising, man. He, he looked good. Um, you know, a couple turnover issues, um, fumbling the ball, holding on to the ball, uh, that, that were super costly. But um, yeah. shout out to our defense, man. Our defense is – if we had – I'm going to say this now. If we had an elite pass rusher, our defense would be up there with the 49ers and the Cowboys. Like, this defense has kept us in every single game this year. And even when the offense is not performing, I mean, it's it, – it is legit, man. Like, obviously the sacks aren't there, the turnovers aren't there, but we're, we're keeping our – you know, the last three games, Texans, Lions, and um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Texas, Lions, and uh, the Jags. Holding those guys to under 20, 25 points, like, you'll take that all day. You know, if you go out every game and say, look, if this, if our offense gives us 25, we're going to win, you know, that's that's promising stuff right there. And, they're, and then they're going to keep you – they're going to keep you in every single game. So, shout-out to our defense, man. Just a just a great game overall, I think. Yeah, for the longest time, they'd only given up field goals, and some of those were manufactured by the offense turning the ball over. You know, Bijan and Johnny Smith uh, had to fumble a piece, and you know, uh, yeah, like you said, the sacks aren't there, but they're just a solid unit. And we said that uh, preseason. Just there's just more name recognition on this defense, you know, and like that's not everything, but it helps. They're just better players that we have. And, uh, you know, they had four tackles for loss, which is nothing crazy, but it's just solid. Like, they they weren't giving up the, the gash plays, really, in this game. They were just – was just a sound, good football game they played. And, uh, you know, the offense didn't do much. They didn't look bad. They just weren't getting results, really, for the first three quarters. They got that touchdown the first on the Ritter rush, but they didn't score a point in the third – or in the second and third quarters. And then, um, you know, late – they went, they went on, they went on the runs, man. You know, Bijan had a crazy touchdown catch where he uh, pinned the ball up to his side. That was an awesome play. And um, yeah, they, they get the two point conversion. And then they get a couple of field goals from Koo, uh, one of them to win it after the um, Desmond Ritter drive to go down the field and put him in range, which was super impressive. I mean, in this game, the Falcons averaged 2.7 yards per rush and that kind of forced them. I mean, they ran the ball a ton, so they ran it 36 times, but Ritter had to throw the ball 37 times. And, you know, 28 for 37, 329 yards, and no picks. You take that every single time from him. Even uh, Drake London, he had a, he had a pass today, which uh, was a very funky play. I, he almost got sacked, but he, he got the ball off, and that was a nice play. And he had a great game, and him and Kyle Pitts, let's talk about them because – this is just kind of what you want from those two guys. Pitts had 11 targets, seven catches, 87 yards, and London had six catches for 78 yards. And a lot of those were late in the game to uh, lead the team back to the win. So what do you think about those two? Because probably both of their best games of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you love you love seeing 11 targets next to Kyle Pitts' name. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great sign. Like, man, I, I just thought the offensive line didn't give up a sack. So – yeah. You're Ritter, you're back there. You're going to have more time. You're going to be more comfortable. Um, yeah, getting getting the ball to your your big time players, guys that you drafted early, um, really promising. Um, both of those guys look really good. I know Drake London had a massive catch. Uh, he right did. He was fired up too. He yeah. was 
hyped up. Is it, it, it should have been a PI too yeah. on top of it, and he caught it, and he got his helmet like halfway ripped off, and he went and took the rest of it off, slammed it down. He was <laughs> I, I love to see it, man. He was fired up. That's that's exactly what you want. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a really fun game. Um, they needed this. I mean, maybe the Falcons are awesome at home. I mean, the three and zero at home and zero and two on the road. Reader still has not lost a home game since he was in high school. So maybe that's his thing, and he played great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Texans, we talked about it last week, they are not as bad as people thought they were going to be. CJ Stroud, who played pretty well in this game, too, he still hasn't done a pick this year, which is kind of crazy for a rookie. But um, yeah, like, I mean, they're, they're not a pushover team at all, like a lot of people thought they would be. And no, um, not at all. I mean, look, Texans have played the Jags and the Steelers, they beat. They beat. They, they smoke beat, the Jags. <laughs> yeah, they beat the Jags thirty-seven seventeen, and then and then the week before they beat the Steelers thirty to six. I yeah. mean, this offense came in here on a roll, and and CJ Stroud has, you know, offensive rookie of the year written all over him coming mm-hmm. into this. Game. So yeah, huge, huge stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you know, hold holding them to field goals up until the end. I mean, the last drive it wasn't great on the defense. That was their one blemish. I mean, they really just cut right through us, and they had the the big touchdown to wide open Dalton Schultz, but you know it ended up not mattering because the offense bailed him out. And after the defense carried him all game, pretty much, you know, it was a nice way to balance things out. And uh, yeah, just a nice win. And the Falcons, I mean, <laughs> the last two weeks were terrible, but now I mean they're three and two, like, and they're right in the thick of it. I know the Saints absolutely took the Patriots behind the woodshed today, which didn't help, but they're in it. I mean, and they're. They played really well. Who do we play next week? I'm not. I haven't even looked yet. Manders. Played the Manders. That'll be interesting. Um, they just kind of got smoked by the Bears. So, and it's at home. So I think uh, that's a favorable matchup for us for sure. I mean, the, the, I mean, this, the whole schedule is. I mean, I'm looking at it again, and good lord, <laughs> we don't play nobody good, man. Yeah, I. You know, I said last <laughs> week we don't go at least three and two over the next five. You know, it's 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 looking pretty bleak. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I think Ritter looked fantastic. I think he was uh, good. He deserves yeah. a lot of credit because he has been getting the brunt of it the past few weeks. So th- this has to feel good for him. Yeah, and it, and it you know he came out and scored um, on that second drive of the game, seven plays, seventy five yards, touchdown. It was like, all right, here we go, and then five straight punts. So um, yeah, <laughs> it looked like know. things were taking a turn. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it looked like oh, okay. That was just a you know outlier. That first drive. that was but fake. Yeah. <laughs> second half. Second half. Ritter. Um. Definitely. Definitely looked really good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that first drive was beautiful. Like um, it was the, the creativity with with London pass and um the reverse. I mean, I just thought we were getting super creative and just going right down the field. It was really really you know different to see from Arthur Smith because I've questioned his play calling all year long and um. Just, yeah. just, just, just to see some creativity, just to show that you're trying stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, he had a good game too. I think play calling. We mentioned the trick play with London. They had another uh, trick play. I don't remember the exact design of it, but I think it was on the same drive that London threw the ball. They kind of had like some reverse play. So he was mm-hmm. getting creative, which you like to see. Um, which I mean, that that just wasn't there the past two weeks, and you could kind of see that in this game. And yeah, just a really nice win. Um, you know, I mean, next week is the Commanders. Technically, that is one of the harder games left in the schedule because <laughs> they're not completely awful. That's kind of the the bar to clear with this schedule. It really is crazy. I mean, 
I'm looking at it. I mean, Arizona's been better than expected, but you can win that game. The Titans and Vikings, I just I don't think so. Maybe if the Jets have a new quarterback and we play them, they'll be different. But I mean, the Colts, I think the Colts is the hardest game left. They look yeah, pretty good. Uh, sneaky decent, and and, and yeah, Anthony just went down today. So um, yeah, we'll see. It's but they got Minshew. They got Minshew. Yeah, yeah. Best backup in the league, probably. So yeah, that's way down the road. That game is on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so we'll worry about that when we get there. I'm, Anthony Richardson might be fine by then. Um, but uh, yeah, really nice win, man. Really nice win. Johnny Smith had another good game. Shout out to him. Uh, there was a point briefly. I saw a pretty funny tweet. Um, before Pitts and London really got cooking in the second half. Hollins had more targets than uh, London and um, Johnny Smith had more targets than Kyle Pitts. And someone tweeted, like, it is just so funny that this team has spent three straight top 10 picks on skill position guys and Hollins and Johnny Smith have more targets than them. <laughs> and then it changed like on a dime after that guy tweeted that. So shout out to him, I guess. But I thought that was pretty funny in the moment because I looked at the stats. I was like, oh, my God, they do. <laughs> Johnny Smith was cooking these past two games, which is good for him. But uh, yeah, they started getting the ball to Pitts a lot, and that was awesome. Yeah, the, at, at the same time, when you said Hollins and uh, Johnu had had more targets and uh, yards than uh, Pitts in London, uh, at the same time, Tyler Agier was out carrying Bijan Robinson by. Yeah. Uh, so to even add add to that, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, it was pretty funny, but. You know, Bijan didn't have the greatest game on the ground. He did have the awesome touchdown catch. He did have the fumble, so kind of a mixed game from him. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. So that's good. Great, great win. And, you know, I think three and two, two five games, I think that's probably what we would have said, you know. Sounds about right. I'll take that. I'll take that. And, um, yeah, I mean, looking at the, the Bucks, they're uh, – I'm sorry, the Saints. Their Saints are three and one, and I'm pretty sure – Saints are three and two, and the Bucks are three and one because they had a bye this week. That is right. That is right. Okay, the bye yeah. was thrown. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Tampa Bay may have had a Monday night game, but no, they they just have an early early bye, which is really yeah, a lot of a lot of teams had early buys, which I'm glad the Falcons don't. Yeah, exactly. I I would hate to have that. Yeah, our buys after week six, seven, eight, nine, after week nine. So that's kind of right in the middle. It's kind of perfect. Before the yeah. Saints, too, which is helpful. Um, so, yeah, uh, good game. Good for the Falcons. I, I was not looking forward to the Falcons game after the Braves lost. I thought it was just going to be more pain. And they uh, they pleasantly surprised me. So, shout out to the Birds. Shout out to the Birds. Atlanta's team. So, it's time to get into the awards portion of the episode. Time to give out our jocks and our Vicks. I got first dibs this week. Yes, you for- do. Uh, for the Vicks and the Jocks, and uh, for my Vic, giving it to the whole damn lineup. <laughs> kind of a layup of a pick for me. The Braves lineup was bad in the playoff game. They had five hits, all singles, no runs. We talked about it a lot earlier. They sucked, and they deserve this. And I, I cannot believe if you would have told me 48 hours ago that my Vic Beasley of the week would have been the entire offense. I would have, I would have said, nah, man. At least someone's gonna do something, and they didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, they were bad. They were really bad. There's no other way to put it. Situational hitting, bad. 
timely strikeouts, bad hitting it to where guys were at, just bad all yeah. around. <laughs> and maybe except Ozzy. I talked about Ozzy was kind of good, but even he, like, it's not like he hit a home or anything. Like, no one did anything too special <laughs> at all. So, yeah, pretty easy pick for me there. Who is who is your Vic Beasley of the week? Yeah, so I'm kind of going to piggyback on your pick. Okay. My Vic Beasley of the week is Brian Snicker. Ooh, Brian okay. Snicker is Vic Beasley of the week. Um, why did you touch the lineup? I, I don't, I don't get it. 162 games. You've had the sample size, best offense in, you know, maybe the history of MLB, like since the expansion. I mean, it. This offense is ridiculous, and for you to go in there, uh, put Riley in the two hole, like he he's hit there. Has he ever hit at the two hole? I I don't even know. He did one time this year. I don't know about years past, but it was one time in 2023. Yeah, I, think said, I can look that up real quick, but you can continue. He's, yeah. hit, he's hit second exactly once this season. Always hadn't hit cleanup since uh, June 10th, and Murphy has hit eighth only three times. So yeah. I, like, no matter what way you look at it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't touch it. it you know. Like like you said, I I also heard that that may have been a, a front office decision. I, I don't know why the front office would try to get involved after the success we've had all season long. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems it's just so random. I just I kind of think it is. I don't yeah, know. I, like, I we don't we yeah. no one really knows, but it's kind of my assumption. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. So that that's my big piece of the week, man. I I don't I don't understand why why changing stuff up. I mean. I don't know. I don't know at all. Um, that's all I've got. I just don't understand the decision at all. So, yeah. And uh, this is actually pretty funny. For his entire career, Austin Riley hit second one time, and it was this year <laughs> against the Marlins. Um, so that's funny. I was expecting there to be a few more, but yeah, his career he's got the most is uh, two hundred fifty four games batting third, and he's got one fifty eight cleanup, and uh, those are. His two biggest ones, he's got one at batting two hole. So I don't I don't know what that's about. I don't think it's why they sucked, but if you suck when you change the historic lineup, you're going to get ridiculed. He just he just gave everyone a reason to yeah. blame 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 the like zero runs, man. You 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 were going to win zero games. If you score zero runs, you cannot win a game with zero runs. I just that's that, true. That, that's been my philosophy. Like, there's I, some hard hitting analytics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, but on the other hand, if the Braves would have scored ten runs, they'd be like, "Oh, this is the new lineup." Yeah, yeah, it's genius. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things. You set yourself up if it goes bad, and it it wasn't about as bad as it. Could have gone. I mean, I guess it could have got no hit, but Jesus, that's terrible. If we have the normal lineup, we run out there and score zero runs. You're saying, oh, it just wasn't our night. Like we ran into some yeah. bad, bad luck or whatever. Oh, we had a four day layoff. You can blame all that stuff. That's out the window. You you switch the you switch the mojo up, man. Ba- baseball is a super superstitious game in itself, and for you to mess with that, I don't get it. I, I I've tried understanding the thought process there and I just I don't I don't understand it so yeah Vic Beasley of the week let's let's move on man I, this is just fire yeah. me back <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, we will move on to the jocks. We'll get a little positive. And uh, for my Jock Pierce of the Week, I'm going with Mr. Kyle Pitts. Hey. He, he's had a rough go of it. We all know the Kyle Pitts story. We all know the, um, you know, all the stuff with him. Number four pick, and he's just not been utilized how you would think a number four pick would be at a skill position. Um, but he had a great game today. 11 targets, caught seven of them for 87 yards. He was all over the place in the second half. He kind of became Ritter's security blanket, which is just kind of every Falcons fan's dream is him just to be, you know, not Travis Kelsey because no one's Travis Kelsey, but the way Kelsey is for Mahomes, it's the guy you can look to when there's nothing else open and just dump it off and get 12 yards. And uh, he had those kind of plays today. And it was super encouraging to see, you know, him and London. I guess London can kind of piggyback off of him too. Um, for both of them, but London has had more success than Pitts uh, um, in their respective career. So, yeah, just super encouraging from Kyle Pitts, and maybe they've unlocked something. Because, and if they did, that's that could change everything. Yeah, encouraging is the correct word here. Um, yeah, you know, Pitts is becoming kind of more of a safety net for for Ritter. I mean, eleven targets that speaks for itself. He he trusts the guy. So yeah, um, hopefully building on that, um, you know, creates you know more opportunities for him because uh, it's really good to see because, you know, for a while drafting him four overall looked like a, a, a massive mistake. And so um, we start to see this, you know, more um, things are looking up. So yeah, great pick. Shout out Kyle Pitts, man. He looked, he looked, he looked really good today. Yeah. And uh, next week with the commanders, I mean, they just got gashed by DJ Moore. Maybe there's something, there's some kind of weakness in their secondary that they can, tap into whatever the Bears found because DJ Moore went absolutely ballistic on them. So, no, that goes for Pitts, London, really any receiver, even Bijan to a certain extent. Like, there might be some significant flaw with the commander's defense. And, uh, yeah, it could be a big game next week, too, if there's um, something we don't know about. So, yeah, who is your jock of the week? Man, this is tough. I'm I'm going back and forth between two guys. Um I'm I'm gonna have one, and then I'm gonna have an honorable mention. Like I know so, who they are. <laughs> yeah, you should. So, uh, my my jock of the week is Desmond Ritter. Um, okay. Coming out, scoring on the second drive, look really good, and then you go you go blank for the rest of the half. So, um, yeah, coming back out in the second half, looked really good. He had to work around two costly fumbles. Um, marches down the field. It's a game winning drive after after the Texans just scored a touchdown. Um, yeah, Ritter, Ritter was awesome, man. QB rating, <clears throat> 81.5. Total rating, 111.2. He actually wasn't even the highest rating on the uh, for the Falcons today. Drake London takes that crown. But, uh, yeah, man, Ritter, <laughs> Ritter was really good. Career high, 329 yards, one touchdown, uh, taking care of the ball, no picks, no fumbles. He was good. He, he, really, set, he, he really set the Falcons up to succeed. Um, yeah, that's that, that's my pick. My honorable mention is Spencer Strider. Um, I just wanted to throw this stat out there. Um, the last Braves pitcher to lose a playoff game on one earned run or less in seven or more innings was Tim Hudson in 2010. Before that, oh, the Giant series that was those tough times. <laughs> yeah, before Tim Hudson in 2010. The last pitcher to do that for the Braves was Tom Glavin in Game Three of the 1996 World Series. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we um 
we go back and say this again, but really, really hurts to lose that game after such a dominant starting performance from Spencer Strider. But uh, but yeah, he he was uh, the diamond in the rough. Shout out to him, man. He was good. Yeah, he was terrific, and I think he would have gotten one of our awards if we would have won. Truthfully, <laughs> yeah. it just it, it kind of it just sucks we wasted that, and that's a crazy stat. Oh, Tim Hudson and Tom Glavin. I mean, that's a long time ago. Um, so yeah, shout out to him and uh, shout out to Desmond Ritter. He was great, but I do have uh, you mentioned Drake London leading the team in uh, QBR. Uh, remind me of Muhammad Sanu's career QBR or uh, quarterback rating. They're two different things. His career quarterback rating is 158.3, and the highest you can have is 158.3. <laughs> he is yeah. seven for eight pass attempts, four touchdowns. That's electric, man. I miss, he I was, miss that. He would yes. just throw it up, throw it out to Julio. <laughs> yeah, he had a, they had a couple of wild Sanu plays and Julio be wide open. So, yeah, I think Drake London might be right there with him <laughs> with his one career pass attempt. So, yeah, shout to all those guys, Strider, Muhammad Sanu, Drake London, and Ritter. Would love to have a dinner <laughs> with those four guys. All right. Um, yeah. Good episode. Good on the Falcons. Uh, you know, we'll probably be back sometime this week, talk about these Braves games, probably maybe not after game two, but maybe after game three or four. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow night's huge, man. Huge game. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have some good things to talk about. Um, yeah. Must win game. Game two, Zach Wheeler, Max Freed. It's a headline game. Prime time. We got another night game coming up. It's getting a little yeah. cold outside. It Man. is. It's chilly. It, it, it's here. It started. Hopefully, uh, you know, you can you can sit here and blame the <clears throat> the scheduling. Um, it just it just wasn't there offensively. So hopefully, these guys wake up, put on a coat, get warm, and uh, really really wake up. Yep, it feels like October. It feels like playoff baseball, and um, yeah, I mean, I I hope, man. Uh, they they can't go to Philly down 2 I mean, if they do go to Philly down 2 and somehow win the series, it would be an incredible accomplishment. I mean, if they win two games with Philly in general, I'm going to be stunned just because it just uh, – it's a tough place to play. But, I mean, they could, man. Like, would it, like, how much would it surprise you if they just won the next three games? <laughs> like, it would be surprising, but I wouldn't be shocked. You know, they're really good. Yeah, I, th- I think taking two in Philly is – it's tough, but to ask, but um, yeah. it's doable. It took, you know, go ahead. As I was saying, they took three of four to win the division earlier this year. I mean, when they were both trying, like the Phillies were trying hard. I know it's not the same environment, but yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, this team won 104 games. It's it's doable. It's you know very very doable. So um, don't count us out yet. Game two, baby. Let's go. I'm ready to ride. I am too. One last note that has nothing to do with anything we talked about, but I think the 49ers are going to go 17 and 0 because they were just beating the hell out of the Cowboys right now. So, yeah, how did yeah. one last thought because they're, they're really good. All right. That's enough. We, we covered it all. Uh, if you made it this far listening, we really appreciate it. We will be back soon with another episode. 